Let's get it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yam Bar Podcast. Brian Barcelo, host of this episode. Today's guest, we got Sad McDripper, a.k.a. Is it a.k.a.? Ibuprofen Savelli. Uh-huh. Now, Seth, um, that's what we're going to go by today, right? Seth McDripper? Yeah. It's a set sent for checkmate Ebullion Dribbar. That's all. That's my rap name. Oh, wow. I did not see. Man, I should do more research. So that was cool. And once again, thank you for joining this podcast. Appreciate you so much. My boy, thank you for having me here. Thank you for love on the back. That's really appreciate it. Got some love for you. It was a pleasure meeting you. So I'm glad that we are connecting on various levels. Same here. And I'd like to say um, hello to all the mothers out there. Shout out to you guys. Um, have a happy Mother's Day. Definitely. Shout out to my mothers for, for bringing me forth in this world. And also shout out to my queen, being an amazing mother to my children. So, mm-hmm. And that's Adil Masterpiece. You were just on your show last week or so. So, so thank Ideal. you. Yeah, she's a great guest, a great guest and stuff. Matter of fact, when we was talking, I recommend it. I don't know if you guys discussed it, um, getting a podcast of your own and yourself too. I've seen you guys in your videos. Man, you guys, I call you the dynamic duo. You two are really something else. Love to see you. But anyway, let's yeah, get definitely. to you. <laughs> yeah, let's get to you. Let's get some of these questions out of the way. Now, um, right. I saw that amongst them, let me see, I got um down here is that your um Let's see, multi-talented. It seems that you uh, do some writing, martial yep. arts, acting, oops, artists. M- music. We actually have a concert coming up at the Eden Cafe on June 24th. That's going to be our first official big concert. And then we also have an art show. We're gonna, our art is going to be in, in a reception showing all, the whole month of September at the Eden Cafe on Osborne Road here in Albany. And then on September September eighth, we're gonna have a artist reception. Follow follow from six to eight p.m. And at eight p.m., we're gonna have another musical performance. Wow! Congrats on all that. Busy, busy, busy. Very busy. But making sure we are staying productive. You can be busy and not be productive. We gotta be productive. Understood. And that's a good point. Check this out. How do you find time for all of this stuff? Because I know outside of the entertainment and so forth, you have another life and stuff. How do you balance all of this, man? Well, first of all, there's some is a myth we have to unpack. Unpack, I should say. There's no such thing as work-life balance. It's work-life decisions and they all have consequences. So once you understand that, you can focus on actually balancing it because it's not going to be balanced one day. You can just have to trade it in harmony. And that harmony just comes from the choices that you make. Mm, understood. So in a sense, it's all life. There's so much of a balance. It's all life and it's how you go about living yeah. it, I guess. And that's a cool yeah. way to look at it and stuff. Now, you're acting that you've done. You care to speak about that some? I saw that you did some Hamlet. Um, yes, how did you get involved with that? Well... First of all, I'm a natural-born performer. I've always wanted to act, but when I was at uh, my senior year in high school at Albany High, Falcon Forever, and I'm saying class of 2014, shout out to all my peers that I graduated with. I have the blessing to to be in a tutor program, and I learned from the magnificent Wardsdale, 
who, who won the prize for the golden apple. So I got to learn uh, acting from him. I was part of a theater. Then what really kicked us off, there was a residence artist that came, Noelle Gentile. She's an amazing teacher. She came with the idea of creating a thing called the Identity Project. The Identity Project was a multimedia piece exploring the concept of identity. So I had the opportunity to get my chops in not only writing part of the script, I also performed in, in the Identity Project, and I also helped choreograph some of the scenes in there. So we, we performed the Identity Project at Albany High School. We performed it at Capitol Rep twice, and it was crazy. It was great. Then after that, I got hooked up with Capitol Repertory Theater because I formed a great relationship with them. Then I did uh, the acting intensive program, and they had a residence. An artist come from the UK, and shout out to Tim Dinehan. He has the uh, credit in Batman Begins, actually. He's a He's an amazing actor from the UK. They had him fly over just to teach his class and had the amazing opportunity to work alongside him. So I got to further my skill in acting in a very short period of time. I learned things like memorization technique, how to work with the contrast of my thick accents, speaking the English language. I got to work with uh, learning stage combat and choreography. That's where I actually learned that. And given that I was already a martial artist, that was very, very perfect for me. So after that, I actually took it a step further. Capital Rep had a summer youth acting program where we literally spent a spot of our summer literally rehearsing and prepping for five different plays where I played five different characters. I played a jock that was a bully. I played a few different roles that we had to play about like gun, gun, or gun violence and police brutality. It was, it was a crazy shebang. Like, we literally play five different characters in five different shows, and we perform them all at Capitol Rep Theater. And that was before I graduated high school. Then I graduated in 2014. I went to Albany Plaza Pharmacy for two years. Then I decided I wasn't going to do pharmacy for now. I transferred to SUNY Albany. And then it was there that I hooked up with the, the ATV. That's Albany Television Club. And then we were doing various program and then as part of my class i was in a that was the class it was shakespeare for the scene it was a my senior year it was a writing intensive class where you essentially had to produce some sort of work and since i always loved hamlet i'm like i'm gonna write myself as hamlet so i wrote the script alongside with my crew but the twist is it was supposed to be an actual how you doing it was supposed to be a, a sort of a martial arts kind of show. So me and my partner that you see in the video, we're actually rehearsing a martial art choreography that I put together. And then I was going so hard trying to make the martial art choreography come alive. I was practicing this crazy move and then I hurt my shoulder. Like right before we had to actually perform it, I hurt my shoulder. So we couldn't do the martial arts scene anymore. So we had like two days to come up with a, a new script. And that's how we had the idea to fight using chess. That's where the idea came. Yeah, the fight scene turned into a mental, spiritual fight through right. the game of chess. That's pretty smart. <laughs> Went from a physical to... Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And check this out. One other thing, um, all of these different movies you're doing, and you mentioned they taught you memorization techniques. 
I've always wondered how these movie um, people, um, actors memorize lines. It seems, especially the movies with a lot of dialogue. Action scenes, you know, something like, you killed my teacher. I get that. I, I can memorize that. But when you got these very wordy uh, movies, how do you guys go about doing that? You give us some tips. Well, no, there's a there's, there's different school of thoughts when it comes to memorization technique. You're going to have to find the one that works for you. But there's a there's obviously repetition going through the scene multiple times in different locations. There's that. And there's also uh, the mental image technique where you imagine the lines in specific uh, location. So let's say you know your house pretty well, right? So you, you imagine the staircase as a specific line. You imagine your bedroom as a specific set of lines. So you use mental images that you're very familiar with and you associate that to whatever you're trying to memorize. Understood. That's, that's one technique that, mm -hmm. that that happened to work. But in in the world of acting, there's a whole is a whole realm of, of technique and school of thought on a, on a out of memorization. And then there's no substitute for repetition at the end of the day. Simply just memorizing your line and uh, becoming one with the character. So one thing about Tim Dinehan or his his teaching was very scientific so as part of the course he actually had us watch a ted talk that he did on youtube where he was comparing acting to uh, quantum physics since i've always loved all his science himself i was really able to connect with him at a higher level and then being able to relate these these advanced concepts with the, with the act of art of the art of acting i should say because when you are acting you essentially being all human beings that can possibly be. So let me put it this way. So you are already all the characters that you can ever play because you are tapped in into the collective source of humanity. You know what I'm saying? So it's nothing but a mental shift. And by that mental shift is really electrical charge. It's nothing but a, a switch in electrical charge for you to tap in from this character into another character. This isn't the way. We already so, yeah, so that's going to take me a moment to wrap my mind around, but I see what I you're saying. It's Since we're, in a sense, one, we have access to all of that, so somehow you can go for, okay. That's, it's higher level thinking, and then it would really be helpful if you look up Tim Gideon. He has a TED Talk where he literally correlates acting to, uh, to quantum physics, and he does he's an amazing explanation with the experience they did with the drop with the with the quantum slits and then the analogy of the drop so like when a, a, a water drop like a literally a water drop drop from from like point a that's like high up to point b you know there's, there's the difference between is elevation at point b to point a but in all the various levels that is dropping there's still different levels and that's what the acting is like it's being in that moment of that water drop. It's, so this is a solution. Yeah, you know. right. That's pretty high. It's like I said, it's gonna take me a moment to wrap my mind around that. But it's very interesting. And I'm familiar with that double split experiment. And I'm curious about how they um link the the acting in that. But you said the quantum what was it? The quantum dynamics. Oh, quantum. Yeah. yeah, mechanics. Yeah, quantum, quantum mechanics. Physics. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. I gotta see that. Um, how how they did that. And once again, how do you spell Tim's last name? 
Oh, Dini Ains, D-E-E-N-I-H-A-N. Shout out to Tim. He was a big catalyst into me gaining confidence in my acting skill and, and breaking through my shell and just really tapping into my mental capacity because I've always been a deep thinker. And just like he is, he was able to help me leverage that in order to really understand what, what acting is about and also relate that to other part of my life. And he was also a big advocate of method acting, which is, you know, you becoming the character that you want to act. You know, are you Understood. familiar with method acting? Yes. Yeah. Matter right. of fact, the information that I sent um, to you guys, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, remember we had talked about a movie and stuff. I want to talk about me. But the whole thing about it was all of the actors in it were pretty much going to be doing method acting. You know, we set up the scene, let you know what's happening. You kind of feel yourself in that position and stuff, you know. Uh -huh. And it ain't so much we give you the script. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know from there, you know, what right. to say and stuff. So you're just putting yourself in that position and stuff. And I think that's something like method acting and stuff. And, and about that, oh, we are mm -hmm. currently in the process of releasing a casting call, like we told you about. We want to cast a group of actors that are willing to work with us on, on, on a movie project. And what we're going to do is we're going to capture all of the cast members first, then we're going to reverse engineer a script from the cast members that we, we built. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds interesting, but I don't think I'm fully understanding. You're going to reverse engineer. Explain that a little bit, please. Well, uh, this fall in the realm of, of, uh, of device theater. If you study the advanced is a is a new school of thought in theater where you make your script based on your cast. You don't make your cast fit your script. Oh wow, I am not understanding that, but I heard what you said. So it's the other way around. Instead right, so, of having to work the worked out script and getting people to fit that, somehow you get yeah. a cast, and then from there, that's the part I don't understand. How do you write a script to the cast? Well, so you essentially do a workshop also. That came from when I was doing the identity project, when I was telling you. I had the opportunity to write part of a script. I had the opportunity to act in a dance. I did a monologue in French and in English. So that experience really helped me fall in love with device theater, which was a new school of tone theater. And the whole point is, in order to really tap in into the identity of all your performers, your cast, so you can really get a full, genuine, best performance out of them, what the hell is calling me? Okay, at a business call. I'll take that later. Let me tell him I call him back. Okay. So, in order to really tap into your your actor's full potential, what you want to do is you want to do a series of workshops where you learn about all your actors, all all their characteristics, what they like to do, what they've been through, how they feel about their identity. So you essentially literally devise their true identity and then from those identities you go backward to make your script offer understood how much that's, does that's the theater and i love that how much does that add to production time to do with this uh this method you're talking about device method i think you call it it's not that much honestly it doesn't it doesn't have to be expensive to your to your production time. By expensive, I mean with an A. Like it doesn't have to expand your, your production time too much because that actually removes some of the barrier that you will encounter from doing the regular method of theater, you know, because you'll have to to deal with the people becoming other characters and actually a character based on them. 
So mm. that actually creates more cohesion in your cast, especially if it's your first time doing it. The project would be creating more cohesion and more chemistry in your cast, just on the fact that they know that they are they are really acting who they are, even though the character may not be called let let's let's say Brian. Like your character may not be called Brian, but that character is a, is a direct extension of you, and then you will choose what part of you you want to portray in that script. Or what you know, part of you you don't want to portray? You know what? It just dawned on me. You're absolutely right. It's all this is already done in a way with um animation. When they have an actor, they usually make the character, the animated character look something like the actor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. use, that that's interesting. I mean, probably not the same thing, but okay, I see that. You know what? I, I kind of wish I was on my extended format. You know, with you, I know you got time constraints, but you're super interesting. It seems like we can go off on a tangent, all kinds of um, things to talk about. We can. We, we, we have to do <laughs> like an hour show, two hour shows. So we can really break down some serious topic for, right. for the listener, so we can really go on a higher level. Let's do that. Let's do that. But um, for now though, I want to cover. Um, I want to speak about um your writing because um let me see okay. what's your um let me see what's your pen name here. I love it. Ibuprofen. Swavali? Swaveli. Swaveli. Yeah, yeah that's your Yeah, I give myself plenty of names because I'm always re rewriting and uh, re revising my identity, which is part of a process. But um, so that pen name came from, from when I was still in college, when I was in my undergrad years of college, I should say. So I got an opportunity to be published at the University of Albany in the literary magazine. That was my first publication. I wrote a poem called, what was it called? It was something about like my pen and my ink. So I created a poem using images and I made a mental imagery of my pen and the ink being dark. It was, it was very powerful. And then uh, they told me, oh, this poem was very nice. We're gonna publish it. And it was like, by the way, there's this company that are looking for poets. You should submit some more of your poems. And I said, great. And I was already in various poetry class. Like I've always been a poet. So I was in an advanced poetry class at the SUNY Albany. And as part of that class, you have to write a poem. And then there was this, this Russian poet that stuck out to me. I think his name was Kakowski. His name was Kakowski, something like that. I gotta find it, but he wrote a, it's called an elegiac poem, elegiac poem is a form like highly advanced or literary technique where you follow a certain format to evoke feelings using very strong imagery. So I ended up using that same format and I wrote a poem called uh, Pegasus Flies Away. Wow. And, I, and that poem ended up making its way into, into the anthology called New York Best Immersion Poets in 2018. You can actually find it on Amazon. I mean, Page 150 and 151. That's where my, my poem was published in this anthology. And nice. I will be I will be submitting, thank you, submitting more poems for upcoming years. But but anyway, yeah, so that was my official me going into history as a writer. That's you know, because, that, because that's yeah. an anthology that's gonna be here forever. Yeah, and once again, your pen name. Yeah, and my pen name Ibuprofen Soveli, because of when I was growing up, or oh, my mm -hmm. parents called me Ibu. Mm -hmm. That was my name since childhood. 
and he came from our rule name, which is Suhimbu. And if it's short version of that was Ibu. And then when I was starting to rap, I was told like, the reason why I rap is to heal people. So that's why I say my name would be Ibuprofen, like Ibuprofen. Yeah. So that's where Ibuprofen came from. And then the Suaveli part came from the other part of me because of, you know, I'm a smooth guy. I have just swag. I'm just, I got you. Swag. That's the I'll, drip, right? That's the yeah, drip. That's the drip. I, I actually had to look that up. I'm an old timer. So I had to look up what the drip was and stuff. I get it and stuff, man. You know, I mixed that with the name of like uh, Tupac. Like Tupac was Machiavelli. So it was Suave and Machiavelli. So that's how it became Suaveli. Clever wordplay. I like that. Speaking of wordplay, um, your um, live performances on stage, your music. I saw you performing um, a week or so ago. At um, Paulie's Hotel, they had that venue there. And one mm -hmm. thing, matter of fact, let me get to it. And not just me, I loved your performance. One thing I liked this stuff, the movements. Gotta ask you how you did the movements. Matter of fact, I wasn't the only one. You didn't hear it, but off people were talking. They said, oh, I like it, I'm paraphrasing. But they were saying, I like it. And they said, you see the way he was moving? They found it intriguing. Can you explain that movement, how you came up with that? What are you talking about? Oh, like the movement I was doing on stage? On the stage, yeah, it was pretty cool. Suave, as you said, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I'm a natural born dancer amongst a lot of different things. So during my time in life, I've always been dancing. And during my younger years, like when I first came to America around 2011, I was very acting. I was very active in the dance community. I was, I was part of this, uh, this African society here. So we did a few dance performances. And then I actually got invited to Harlem to do a dance performance. And I went with another guy from Ivory Coast. And then because they like, they like our, our skills. So dancing has always been a part of me. And that's why I incorporate that in, in my entertainment because I love to dance. And as a martial artist, I have a very strong ability to move my body, which I'm always developing further. So these moves that I make, like it's like, move from all the styles that I know. Like I know some African dancing, hip hop, some uh, some jazz, some some modern dancing, some some Latin dancing. So I just mix them all together and create my own dance moves. That's and then true. and what I make is I make them match my current feeling or my current perceiving. Understand some amalgamation of um, all the different dance techniques. That's pretty cool. Anyway, whatever it is, keep it up because people is loving it and stuff, man. That's, uh, that's, Thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm it's kinda, remember that. Yeah, it's kind of cool if you can like listen to the crowd. They be talking and stuff, man. And like most time, you know, I might be on stage or so, so I don't get to hear things. But when you're out there milling about, you hear people murmuring and talking, and it really was digging the moves, man. And also that's the song stuff. too, the music, the the lyrics. Where do you get the music from? Does the music inspire your lyrics? Yeah, lyrics you match it to the music and who produces the music well that's that's a deep question so i i make all uh, i've grown along the years i have to make instrumentals i'm not the best at it otherwise however i, I know how to make good instrumentals and recently i've been uh, i've found this ai tool that i've been leveraging to create some instrumentals from scratch however recently i've really been enjoying performing on, on top of live music. I'm really, really falling in love with that more recently. So when I have the ability to literally match my lyrics to any live music that's being played. So like, it doesn't matter what's getting played. Like I can match my lyrics to that. And these lyrics I was coming up with, that was off the top of my head. 
on the way. Yeah, that song I performed. Ad libbing. I was no, no, I was free. I literally freestyled free that yeah. song on the spot. Oh wow! Oh, okay, even more <laughs> impressed. And check this out. We're going to be getting down to it, and it's customary. I like for the guests to have, in a sense, the last word. Like anything we didn't cover. Um, something like you mentioned, words of wisdom or whatever and stuff. But before we do, make sure I got everything here on these notes and stuff that I have for you. Um, oh, your title you have on here, superstar, multidimensional artist, and social change entrepreneur. You explain some of those things, please. Well, you know, this is, this is how I want to be perceived. So I, I am a superstar because... I'm, I'm blessed by God, the infinite intelligence design of this universe with all these various skills and talents, and I use it for good. You know, that's why I consider myself a superstar because I utilize my skills for good. And then behind our music and our art, we have created this love and peace movement that we've been published in Houston, ABC, Times Union, and various media outlets around the world for because is very influential. We utilize our skills, our art, and our music to literally spread the values of love and peace and uh, make people come together, you know, bring the violence right down, all these different things. So I am a social change entrepreneur in the sense that I use my entrepreneurship to bring about social change everywhere I go. And as a matter of fact, and this is a proven fact, when we started coming outside with our therapeutic art, we will go on Morton Avenue in Delaware, we would be at the park setting up our table. We were handing out love and peace manual. We literally wrote, literally, essentially a sort of love and peace Bible to teach people how to, they can spread love and peace with themselves and others. So we would literally be handing them out and letting people experience our therapeutic art. And then in that area, there used to be a lot of fights with the kids from like Hackett, from uh, Green Tech. As soon as we came out there with our art, they stopped fighting over there. Literally, the violence rate went down in that specific area. And people Good would job. thank us for that. And then later down the line, people would say, oh, was it you guys at Morton Ave? Yeah, that's how we got known for, because we literally went to the people. So that's why we claim the title of social change entrepreneur, righteously so. That's what's up. You know, speaking of art, I'm glad you mentioned it, because so we're getting down to it. And I wanted to bring your art up. You're right. Um, it's tactile. I think it's called yes. tactile. Um, would you explain some more about the art that you do quickly? And then we're going to get into the last words for you. Well, so we are multidimensional artists. So we can we can do regular abstract arts. We do photorealistic arts. I can literally take a picture of you. I can draw you and paint you and give it right back to you. You know, not, not literally. But we, we created our own style, which is what we call ATMAT, art therapy, modality, attraction, and treatment. And I literally had the opportunity to present this at a research conference in SUNY, the 17th undergraduate research conference. I presented this, and then you can find a video on YouTube. Everything has these facts. You can literally see that this is science behind our arts, and it's backed by academia and, and data. So what we did is we did the research in sociology, psychology, art therapy, public health, and then we mix all these together and you get the understanding that by, by leveraging the visual effects of bright colors with the tactile effects of smooth 
and the rugged surfaces, you can bring about a hypersensory input that can affect people's brain. That's the best way I can explain it. And you did that well in the short time that we have. You know what? We definitely going to have to go to a long format podcast with you, man. You are <laughs> so deep. Um, anyway, um, the last words, please. Leave us whatever you want to leave us with. Well, I was minutes. thinking about that earlier because I knew you were going to ask me this. So I was, I was preparing for that one. So what I want to leave with the people is that we all have financially given ability to to keep growing like people have to be able to learn to to tap into their inner self i know a lot of people talk about that but you have to find deep down inside of you love so you can make your love overcome the fears you know what i'm saying so it's essentially like the battle of good versus evil is also the same with love and fear so you have to make sure your inner love and your outer love overcome your inner fears and your outer fears that that's number one and number two i want to let people know that this is something that i've been learning about and i'm getting more more concrete hold of it that the only difference between you right now and your you at your higher self with all your goals that you imagine is is how fast you can develop yourself so it called it's called self-development velocity like what's the speed what's the rate at which you can develop yourself and that speed is determined by by the awareness that you have about you and what you need to work on so that's what they say like what you don't know that you don't know like how fast can you uncover what you don't know that you don't know so you can work on what you need to work on yourself so you can get all the skills the knowledge that you need to accomplish your goals so that's what i want to to share how do people. you go about how do you go about finding out knowing what you don't know? How do you go about finding that out? Well, my theory on that process is not only meditating, you know, getting insight from from others by like actively listening to others, but getting getting or some sort of coaching and like learning from others. Like, oh, this is my my other point, and I I read that from this personal development guru. There's a lot of people that go through their whole life and they don't invest enough time, money, sweat, blood, and tears into research and development, right? So you have to look at yourself like a company. Every big company has some sort of research and development like area where they, li they literally just exist to research and develop themselves more. So you got to have your own research and development area. That means you have to invest your time in educating yourself on personal development and skills in area that you are interested. So over the time, you can improve who you are. And I'm gonna give a concrete example. So let's say you have Johnny and you have Paul. Johnny worked from nine to five. And as soon as he get home from work, he kicks his shoes off. He starts sitting down on the TV, he watch TV shows, play around with the kids. And I'm saying, love his wife. And then over time it's like nine, 10, he goes to sleep and do it all over again, right? Then you have Paul. Paul get off work at five. As soon as he get home, he's listening to a podcast on self-development. He's looking up courses online that he can learn on, let's say, crypto, because he's interested into crypto and, and finance. You know what I'm saying? And then as he's on his way to work, he listens to more podcasts. He has videos that he watched on what he wants to learn. He's highly 
focused on developing himself. And I'm saying like five years from now, John and Paul are going to be in totally different stage in life. And I'm saying Paul is going to surpass John by landslide. He won't be able to catch up again just because of the habit that he created. Yeah, so it's like we all get 24 hours a day. It's just how you utilize them, those 24 yeah. hours. Understood. One moment, please. Say goodbye to everybody. Everybody, parting is such sweet sorrow. I forgot who said that. <laughs> I love <laughs> anyway, you, man. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, we thank you guys for joining us. And we'd like to remind you to always, um, and we'd like to remind you to check out our previous Yambar podcast guests. And to always remember that the Yambar podcast is the place where you make it happen. Once again, Brian Barcelo here with said McDrip, right? AKA, say that again, please. Ibu Pro Francois Valley, Checkmate Ebullion Drip Box. You know where to find us. That's and what's our, web up. our website is www.happyplacemultiverse.org. You can purchase our course online so you can learn how to make our artwork by yourself. So that can help you with your mental health and you can share with others. It's beautiful. This is about love and peace and nothing else. Appreciate you. Everybody, um, we're going to put some links in the description for you guys to go check out. Oh, man, um, said McDripper. And oh, um, continued success to you, man. And uh, you. you guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You know how that stuff works. We need that so we can get to more people. So help us yes, out indeed. by doing that. Peace, everybody. Thank you, Seth. Come back again, man. Yeah, thank you for having us, man. Love you much. You're welcome, man. Peace. Peace. And let's stop.